0: Hey, I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, board-certified OBGYN and creator and host of the podcast All About Pregnancy and Birth. April 11th through 17th is Black Maternal Health Week. Unfortunately, black mothers are three to four times as likely to die during childbirth as white women, and that is regardless of socioeconomic status or education level. One of the important ways to combat that is through education, and that's where I'm asking for your help. This week, I'm collecting donations to support and helping enroll Black mamas in my online childbirth education class, the Birth Preparation Course. The Birth Preparation Course gets mamas calm, confident, and empowered to really advocate for themselves during their pregnancy and birth. You can head to my website, drnicole and at the top of the website there's a banner you can click on to contribute. Thank you so much for your help and wishing you all the best.
1: Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx
2: presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans.
0: Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadresi Comics. This is episode 148. Uh, We are your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. All right, guys, so the last two episodes, we had war of events we have attended, which have been pretty, pretty momentous. and there's a few more events that we will be uh, attending this year. So we're pretty excited. The year's kicking off he- really strong and heavy, and I'm still getting used to being out there with people in public. Um, but mm-hmm. let's let's get on with the show. Uh, it's time for chisme de la semana and i got some chisme girls i just woke up and i saw it on my phone and i'm super excited so it turns out that beer thug life and border x brewing in bell have joined forces and i don't mean join forces in brewing or collabs or anything they're going to be two latino breweries under the same roof and they've already signed papers and it's gonna be great so Basically, you're going to be able to buy Border X Brews and Beer Thug Life Brews at the same location in Bell. Uh, They're doing all the work on it. They're going to, I think they're going to have a crowdfunding available for the expansion. So I am just super excited that there is going to be like a place to go and have some Beer Thug Life beer, because as you know, all they've done this year or for the past two years is cans. um, And they aren't always available here. I think one can release was done in a collab in Pennsylvania. So I'm super excited about that. So that's some really fresh Chisme. Um, So yeah, that hot, was, off the presses. hot off the presses. They did uh, a little video on Instagram letting us know that Border X Brewing in Bell and Beer Thug Life will be uh, two Latino breweries under the same roof in the city of Bell. So that's some hot chisme. And I'm so glad and happy for them. And I just can't wait till they get the expansion ready and we can have our monthly meetings there and have some brews. From <laughs> I just want
2: to I just want to remind everyone that we uh, found out and were introduced to um, Border X Brew uh, when we went to Chicano Con down part of San Diego Comic Con in San Diego a few years back. And in fact, I saw on one of their posts recently that they were doing another comic related event there at their Bell location. So um, they are supportive of uh, Chicano creators and artists and uh, Latinx creators. And so I'm really excited to see what kind of comic related events they will be having uh, there at this particular site coming up in these next couple of years.
0: Yes. And if you guys search back into our histories of Las Platicas, we actually had Beer Thug Life, um, both Edgar and Maria on our show in Las Platicas. And it was just really fantastic. They brought beer. They're really awesome people. It was just really great. So I it can't It can't be better news from a a pair of of brewers that we're so excited to see more of, most definitely. I also have more chisme. Aqualad story, uh, you brought me to the, uh, you brought me the ocean. It's set to become an HBO Max series from Charlize Theron. So I'm super excited. Um, It's going to... they're they're in talks of it. They still don't have a writer yet or a director yet, but it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be live action and it's very exciting. It's gonna, um, I don't I know that you brought that this uh, I think it was on your radar, Kristen, um, because this Aqua Lad is actually gay. So we're going to be able to uh, explore like how he comes out. He's actually from New Mexico, but he, the ocean calls to him, water calls to him. And and um, so it's kind of interesting because he uh, secretly applies to uh university in Florida. So it's going to be all full of hijinks and I just can't wait. And uh, <laughs> I think the producer, one of the producers is going to be Charlize Theron. And she's worked on oh. other works that um, are comic book related. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, do you guys remember anything about um,
2: this Aqualad? I haven't read anything about him. I do. I, I the only thing I know about him uh, is that I saw a recent Pride cover. DC is doing um, a whole bunch of different Pride covers for uh, uh, June, and I saw his cover. Um, I've I've seen uh, him in some of the Aquaman books, but I haven't read anything, so I don't really know much about him. I do know that he is a black character.
0: Uh, yes, it's uh, we're going to explore the life of Jackson or Jake Hyde, a gay teenager living in New Mexico all his life. He has had a strange attraction to water and yearns to escape his desert surroundings for the ocean. Uh as he explores his abilities, including breathing under, uh, breathing under, and controlling water, he also finds himself falling in love with his classmate, high school swim captain Kenny Liu. So I'm super excited about this. It's gonna be great. Uh, he has a best friend who also doesn't know he's gay, so he has to come out to his mom, uh, his family, and his best friend. So and also deal with this attraction to the captain of the swim team. So uh, I'm kind of pretty excited about this. Um, I just I'm just so happy that they're going outside the box and going and attacking like a lesser known Aqualad storyline. So that's another uh, part of my chisme.
1: So I believe this Aqualad is based off of the Young Justice uh, animated series Aqualad, which is, yeah, like he was I believe he was queer in that one, too. It's been a long time since I last saw Young Justice. <laughs> um, uh And man, is it a journey? So I I'm interested in this. I'm really excited. I really liked Young Justice when it was out. Um I still haven't watched the Netflix. Um uh was it Netflix or is it now HBO Max? I think it's HBO. HBO, okay, HBO Max continuing on the series of Young Justice. So uh I definitely I highly, highly, highly do recommend at least the first two seasons of Young Justice and this one as well. It's a great story, and I and in like like uh this Liz Aqualad he's like 100% a leader and he's like super like confident and assured of himself um uh and he's just he's just great I love him so if this interpretation is exactly like the Young Justice one or at least based off of the Young Justice one then I'm super excited for it all right guys now it's time
0: for on my radar Kristen what is on your radar so on my
2: radar this week is another Black superhero character. Uh, Spider-Punk number one came out <gasps> this week, and another I really loved it. I have only visually been introduced to Spider-Punk over the last few years. I know that he's a Spider-Verse character. Um, I know he has the cool Spike uh costume and the the um it's not leather jacket it's a like um denim jacket with the spikes and so when this particular book came out i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna read it um because i want to know more about him i had no idea he was black um that's how little i knew about this character <laughs> his name is hobie brown and he is a uh, spider-man of uh, earth 138 in the marvel universe and this book was super cool. We have uh, spider punk who is working with uh oh gosh I can't remember now who the um who the Captain America character is. Um but I really enjoyed it and I was surprised to find that there was uh, a Riri Riri Williams character too and in fact spider-punk number one is the quote-unquote first appearance of Riot Heart. Uh, Riot Heart is the name for Riri's character in Earth 138. Um, So they all are working together against, get this, a Nazi... Craven the hunter. Uh, so, oh Captain Anarchy. That's the uh Captain America um like character that they're so it's Captain Anarchy, Spider-punk and Riot Heart all working together against Craven and the hunters. That's uh the the Nazi group that uh and they're actually using the term terminology Nazi uh in the in the book and so they are all fighting against Craven. Craven Craven is Causing uh, just total chaos in the city. And they finally are able to track him down and uh, basically uh, get him uh, to stop and are interrogating him and, like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I was hired to do it. I was hired to basically get you guys to come and uh, pay attention to me and to make sure that you guys were, uh, uh, like, otherwise. Yeah, distracted. He doesn't know who's hired him. He doesn't know why they've hired him. And that is just the beginning of the storyline involving uh, these three characters, Spider-Punk, Captain Anarchy and Riot Heart. I really enjoyed it a lot. The writing was really fun. uh, And I think that Hobie Brown is going to be another one of my favorite Spider-Characters. I'm telling you, um, I am (laughs) so much more... Uh, I have so much more affinity for all the Spider-Verse characters than I do for Peter Parker. So <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh But Spider-Punk number one should be in your
1: stores today. Eddie's heart is just so <laughs> conflicted, I bet. Because I believe he liked Spider-Punk too. So who knows? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Now today, today we're gonna do a like a total special hora de la cervecita because we're going yes. to join it up with juntos y fuertes. So now it's time for juntos y fuertes slash
2: la hora de la cervecita. Kristen, take it away. So today, just as Sarah said, we are going to be doing um our juntos um a- about a brewery. Um, and so just so happens that this brewery was in Modesto and we were able to go and visit. And I think we mentioned it in, in, a, in a couple of our uh, impromptu uh, car uh, <laughs> car recordings uh, over the last couple of weeks um, that we went to Brewery 1870 in Modesto. And the reason why it's a Juntos y Fuertes is because it is a completely woman-owned brewery and those are very few and far between and so when we found out that that was um a brewery that was right there literally a block away from where we were staying we had to make it a point to visit so um the um the brewery is called 1870 because that's when Modesto was founded in the year 1870. And if you don't know where Modesto, California is, it is in the heart of Central California. And if you don't know anything about Central California, Central California is a big aqu- agricultural um, like, City, town. Well, Central California is a big agricultural area where um, they're there are dairy farms. There are, um, cows. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's
1: very, agrarian. that's a dairy
2: farm. Um, but also <laughs> there are, um, almonds and grapes and peaches and nectarines and raisins, uh, and just a whole bunch of agricultural, um, farming land in central California. So, uh, I'm from central California and I, I was interested to find out that uh, Modesto was founded back in 1870. I don't even know when my town was founded. So I have to figure, find that out too. <laughs> but um, the owner of the uh, of the brewery, whose name, I, I don't know what I did with her card. Do you guys remember her name? Oh, snap. Um... They don't see it here <laughs> on the website. But regardless, she is also an alum of my... Uh, my college that I went to, I went to UC Davis up in Northern California and they are very well known for their Vintner and um, fermentation uh, programs. And so she actually got her degree in fermentation from UC Davis. And so as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. That's so amazing. Um, And, you know, we started kind of talking about that and she owns this brewery on her own and it is run solely by herself and her mother. They were such the nicest people. They were very open and welcoming to us and were answering all of our questions. And in fact, uh, Sarah has a short interview that I think we said we were going to share as well um, as part of um, our our podcast. So hopefully we'll be able to share that with you uh, soon. But I think that uh, the fact that this woman was a uh, had a degree in fermentation and uh, had a lot of information about chemistry and all that definitely showed in her brews. Oh, my God. We tried 15 of them and there wasn't one that we hated um, or didn't like. There were some that definitely weren't our thing. But even those ones, you could tell just the complexity of flavors and just amazing profile tasting profiles the flavor profiles in each of them so 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 good I've never been to a brewery where most of the beers I tried I liked Um, in fact we went to one in my hometown just a few days before (laughs) and we were hard-pressed to find one we liked and we chose one to try and it was just because um I was like I'm gonna just choose this one because it's the best but it still wasn't that good. So Yeah, so uh anything you guys want to share about the Oh, absolutely. Uh the
0: um founder, the co-founder, the owner, the the you know the the woman on top, her name is Bridget Berry. Um, and um Like I said, we do have some audio recording. She was working while she was talking to us because, again, it's her and her mother who run this brewery on their own. And uh, they were getting some people from the marathon that uh, the marathon they had on that that same day. They were having runners come in and have some brews. So she was pretty busy, but she made some time to talk to us and she was really nice. And um, I think the brewery itself was in her master thesis the idea for it yeah yeah and so like she obviously like did a lot of work on her master thesis so it really showed in the way she talked about her brewery and uh, about the way she talked about like her passion behind it and how like when she started off she i think she worked at a winery um but then she was able to um, get this brewery going and so because she needed a lot of help she had her mom come in and her mom says I don't even drink beer but, <laughs> and I thought that was so hilarious but um, yeah no I, the way she talked about her brewery she just had so much passion and so much drive uh, it was just like aggressively beautiful like you could feel like all the passion and and all the hard work and everything just come out and, and her talking about her brewery and like Kristen said like we tried uh was it 15 or 17 I can't remember 15 right 15 yeah 15 and also by the end of it because we had tried all of them and we're talking about the brews and we're, we're taking notes to see which ones we were going to take home and everything. Cause she has the canning system there for crawlers. Um, she said, Hey, do you guys want to try something that I'm working on right now? And I was like, hell yeah. And uh, she was working on this Japanese lager. So she gave us a sip uh, for each of us. Uh, of course it wasn't finished, but we kind of got the gist of it, but it, she was like, you could just see how excited she is to just share this love of beer with everyone. So I totally um, I'm so glad she's there on our Juntos y Fuertes. And God, I wish we she, we had her like right next door because I'd be there like every week. But, <laughs> uh, but no, it was such an amazing experience. And for that, it, each one of us got different crowlers. So we decided to try different uh, beers on the Hora de la Cervecita portion of this Juntos y Fuertes. And I am drinking a Keep the checks coming so the checks it's not checks as in check is it's checks as in cz so c cow z zebra ECH. um and it's a 6.5 percent and um yes One of the things we experienced during this uh, beer tasting was the multi-layered flavor of the beer. There are so many layers to it. She even explained how she throws in certain hops at certain times during the brewing process to accentuate different tastes and flavors. So I was just in awe. I could listen to her talk all day, basically. (laughs) What are you guys drinking?
2: So um, this is Kristen. I'm going to be drinking the Hazen into 2021 Hazy IPA. It's a grapefruit forward with orange citrus finish IPA. It has strong grapefruit notes followed with layered orange citrus notes between uh, similar to a Hefeweizen, which you guys know uh, is definitely one of my favorite uh, styles
1: of beer. So that is what I am drinking. How about you, Jen? I am drinking the Chula Cabra, which is a 6.9 ABV. Uh, I believe it, they, this one had a unique name too. It. it was a black IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and I'm looking at
2: the website right now and it says that it's a strong chocolate and black coffee noted beer followed by a strong citrus hop note on the
1: back end. That's mm. super interesting. It is. And I, I am really, really enjoying it. Uh, she has an on tap year round like it's really cool because if you go to their website 1870brew.com uh she has like uh, like uh, notes on all of the beers uh, so it's not if you are ever curious to see what else that they have because she was it's just super talented not only that i think it's significant to note that her thesis idea about the brewery itself was in combination with it being a coffee shop as well so not only is a brewery it is also a coffee shop so they do have non-alcoholic drinks if you just want to like go and uh have the vibes but it was a beautiful place um and they also had like food trucks and stuff when we visited they had a concha truck which we regretted yeah (laughs) (laughs) we or at least i i don't think we grabbed anything from the concha truck because there's a starbucks across the street and i was just like yeah starbucks sign me up but uh i am really really enjoying the chula cabra because i mean it's i think this was the first time i had heard of a black ipa uh and so i'm not usually very fond of ipas as kristen and sarah have noted but this like it could be it could honest to god be like a porter or a stout but it still has that those citrusy notes at the end, what is what still makes it an IPA. Um, um, so it's it. She had such unique brews, and honestly, it was it was hard to dislike. Um, there was definitely, like Kristen said, some that like we just didn't vibe with, but I would be hard pressed to call it bad because yeah. it wasn't. Because every single drink was layered with such flavors that it was honestly dependence. But I. If you are ever curious to try what a black IPA is, uh, it's basically like a porter or a stout with that hint of hoppiness at the end from a classic IPA. Uh, and specifically, I really, really did like the Chula cabra. It was I am I'm struggling not to like chug this at once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the one that one of the ones we didn't try or not didn't try didn't bring home, but was super interesting was the Asa La Vista baby, which was a jalapeno ginger pale oh, yes. ale. And it was, when you think about jalapeno, like I've had some habanero beers that really um, choke you up. Like the, the spiciness stays in your throat and like I actually, it actually makes me cough. But this beer had that green, fresh jalapeno um, nacho cheese flavor.
1: Beer. Yeah. And it made <laughs> the beer taste like nacho cheese. <laughs> like carnival nacho cheese. Like yes. if it's, that's not your thing, like i I feel sorry for you, but it was like, I ended up really, really. Yeah. It.
2: And I mean that I love, uh, fresh jalapenos. Like the, on my banh mi, I always ask for extra. They're so good on my banh mi sandwich. Uh, and I yesterday, not yesterday, the other day I went somewhere and I asked for jalapenos and I thought I was going to get the pickled ones. Uh, but they gave me fresh ones. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. I just love that flavor. And that's what this beer tasted like, and it was just so so interesting and good. It really caught me off guard at first because it's just not a flavor you tend to expect from a beer, but it was just so so uh like unique and and yummy. So uh, definitely try 1870 Brewing Company. They're uh, located in Modesto, California. Um, at 911 J Street, which is in the downtown area. And I cannot recommend them enough. In fact, the other day, uh, I I opened a beard. I wasn't feeling well, so I wasn't able to drink it. And I guess my <laughs> husband finished it. I was like, man, I really wanted that one. That was the one I really liked. I guess I have to go back to Modesto. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: I think it's worth traveling to Modesto just to go to this brewery. Um, I'm, like I said, I was drinking, keep those checks coming and it's a block, uh, it's a dark lager, but it's so weird because this one has hints of like a kind of a stout coffee slash maybe plum and some orange flavor in it. Um, It's just so many layers and, and somebody even mentioned maybe like a plum finish because there's kind of a little bit of bitterness at the end, but it's just an amazing beer. It's one of my favorites. And I mean, guys for me to like choose a lager to to review uh, for this, this issue of Hora de la Cervecita is a big deal because you guys know, I do not like lagers that those are never my go-to. Um, I have to talk myself into drinking them. And this one just is just so extraordinary. Like I said, there's like some hints of coffee and some chocolate, maybe, I don't know, cherries, but definitely some orange in there. I don't know. It's just really delicious. I mean, seriously, um, I can't say enough about this brewery.
2: One of the things I did want to mention is that she also does have guest taps. Uh, We didn't try any of those because we really wanted to um, be truthful and true with our review to just brews that she made. Um, that were available at that local brewery. But uh, with her guest taps, if we would have had more time, I would have stayed there longer and tried them all because they were all so amazing and unique sounding. Uh, And she said specifically, that's what she tries to find with other local breweries is the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily find at her place. She doesn't want to just offer you more of the same. She wants to offer you something that she isn't. That's not her strong point. It's not something that she's going to offer you. She wants to bring in from somewhere else. And they also had these amazing looking micheladas that were there uh, Mm -hmm. that were uh, made with uh, some of them were made with the guest taps and some of them were made with hers, but they just look so good. But Because we were on a tight schedule and we weren't able to stay there very long and I was driving, we couldn't try any. But I definitely, definitely want to um, make some time to just be at that brewery next time we go to Modesto. (laughs) Oh,
0: absolutely. I was thinking like if we get there, like we could check in the hotel and then just have like that whole evening there. Just Mm -hmm. hanging out, having the michelada, having the food truck, having that concha uh ice cream topped concha like i'm so ready for this like it's um it was you know what and i We would have never had even contemplated going, but Kristen on her run, running her miles, she found it and she's like, we got to go there. And I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. I'm there. (laughs) Uh, But no, yeah, we uh, it was just such a pleasant experience. Like we had, you know, like a real, honest, amazing conversation with her. And then we had the amazing brews and we sat there and we tried each one of them and we talked about them. And we really had like just this moment in time that. I I really, really loved having it with you guys. And even though we weren't eating food, (laughs) but (laughs) the beer was just amazing. And yeah, I am not a nacho, nacho person, but this beer was delicious. The nacho cheese, (laughs) jalapeño, oh my God, that was so good. Uh, But yeah, like I, like we said, we, we, I, there were maybe like one or two that it wasn't my thing, but either, even if it wasn't my thing, it still was very flavorful and I, I can say hands down which I've never done before is that all the beers on tap brewed by this brewery were delicious yeah yeah so um I love this beer I'm just so glad I get to open it today because I've been staring (laughs) at it forever since we got here and I was like we can't drink it it's for the show but yeah no um yeah definitely so I don't know um I hope that someday she'll be able to distribute out of Molesto and we'll be able to taste it down here or grab a can or whatever, but I'm going to definitely, uh, it's going to be on my radar and see if like she plans on having distribution. And if so, we'll be able to drink it on the show more often. Um, but yes, um, I think the rating scale, I think this is a f- super saying to me for sure. Yeah.
2: I was going to say the whole individually, the beer, each one I tried, Uh, was anywhere between a five and a super saiyan and um i just want to give the whole brewery a super saiyan uh rating because it was just that good
1: honestly yeah the whole the entire brewery deserves the like the super saiyan or the the whole the whole fist (laughs) (laughs) this is how good it is it reverted us back to our old rating system
0: Absolutely. So I mean I'm super enjoying this hora de la cervecita and learning more about this brewery. Uh, so I'm very excited. Um next up, I hope we go to the Mujeres Brew House, which is in San Diego. So I'm I'm all about beer uh, aficionados, female women in the business. Um, so I'm very excited. There's a lot of pink boots collabs out there that I'm planning to hunt down so i um, super excited about women in breweries, women with beer, mujeres con cerveza. I love it. Oh,
2: uh, it says here on the card that you're Bridget, you're the owner. Can you talk to us? With, or- yeah, mom and I, so oh. this is my mom. Oh my, oh my god. god, that's even cooler! Yes. amazing! Exactly. Mom, uh, what is your name? Becky.
3: Becky. Becky! Everybody calls her mom, everybody. Oh, I love it! Oh, that's Both
2: perfect. Both of you are B-squared. There
3: you go, there you go, exactly. I love it.
2: So yeah, uh, so how long has uh, this place been in business? A year and
3: a half, yes. A year and
2: a half, nice.
3: Wow. Yeah, so, so
2: you guys started COVID. during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah August of oh, 2020.
3: Yeah. August of 2020. Oh, wow. Yep, so here, yeah, coming up on coming up our two-year anniversary. Oops, sweet. And, uh, yeah, we started about a year and a half before that with constructing on the building. So okay. we had to pretty much start over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can yeah. I Can I ask how, or how... You wanted to become a brewmaster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so, yeah. So, my background is in fermentation. Okay. Um, did you go to Davis? I went to Davis. I did too! And I wish that I actually had done sure. that route at Davis. That's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, I actually graduated in chemical engineering. So, that's actually distilling. Yeah, so make it, make it boost.
0: Chemical uh, engineering, wow. Per- yeah,
3: but fermentation is, it's it's wrapped into all that. I was a teacher, so I can Mom read.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I encourage
3: a lot of my kids to read comic books. So oh, oh, wonderful. Oh, my God. I, did, uh,
1: this is awesome. <laughs> 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 no,
3: when <laughs> you out. mentioned that, I thought, yep, I encourage, when kids couldn't read, I always said, well, Yep. Pictures, yeah, what the picture
2: says, yes, definitely. We have a lot of teachers and parents with problem readers or yeah, children on the spectrum who exactly. don't have can't focus come in and say that comic books is one of the only oh, things yeah, that oh, yeah, yeah, because this. of the pictures, yep, of the
3: pictures. yep. yep. that's so, awesome. Yeah. So, Bridget was wanting to do this. How did you become involved?
1: Um, money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, and I was gonna—I was at the end of my—you know—I taught for thirty-eight years. Well, okay. And it's like, okay, so what am I going to do? Now? Right. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, "Well, let's do this." Would I have ever done it? Probably not. Yeah. No. Yeah. This was her masters. She wrote this. Oh, awesome! So, oh, yeah. wow! Oh, yeah. Okay. So, that's really cool. Yeah. So that's that's actually where it started. You know, she wrote the masters. The program that she was in, they really, really liked it, mm-hmm. so they encouraged it. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, so then we started looking. We actually we found a, a piece of property, yeah. and it just didn't work out. So then we found this. And and are you, you know? both local to Modesto? No. no. I was born and raised in Sonora. I taught school in Sonora. She was born and raised there, but then, um, like you said, she went to Davis. She mm-hmm. went to San Luis. Yeah, and I, I work for Gallo and another winery. Oh, okay. For about like 12 years now. Like lived, lived, lived. So, um, yeah, with that, like, I've been in the industry, like, you know, mainly wine, but wine and beer go hand in hand. Right, yeah. And um, a lot of my colleagues and, you know, we've, it's funny, because winemakers actually like beer more than they like beer. <laughs> I they drink, drink beer.
1: Oh, really?
3: I wine all day long, so they get tired of it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I I wrote my master's thesis on this. That was the goal. Yeah. I did. yeah that's really cool. So um, when I went back to school for business, um, it was nice. We had the ability to to kind of be free on what we wanted to write our thesis on. And I thought to myself, I want to write it on something that I potentially might open. Yeah. Because it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, I made a 60-page oh, wow. business plan thesis around the fact that you open up a coffee house a and a brewery mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. The one, they go hand-in-hand, hand, but you can open the oh doors <laughs> in the morning with licensing that and everything. Sucks. You still can serve beer in the morning oh, okay. throughout the night. And then even at night, you have uh, that folks that want to drink coffee. coffee. So yeah. Yeah. the two <laughs> industries are starting to combine, oh. but... That's right. Like, I did see that on the website. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've never seen that before. Yeah, It's crazy. I never even heard it. just beach that, like, it's gonna Blow cool up, but it just hasn't. And so mine was so, on the finance you know, side of it, right? It was your fixed costs and how you're going to save so much money because you're bundling something that's really popular in the winter, you know, your coffee, and more popular in the summer. But really, they're popular all the time, right? Yeah. You know? And a lot of a lot of folks go out of their way to go find them,
0: right? Right. Kind
3: like that des- those destination spots.
0: Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm like, every year if they have this convention, I want to come here. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <good>. After party. <laughs> yes, after party at yeah, the brewery. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, and that's another thing is that, so, yeah, like Mom said, we bought, we bought some, some land, and then we also looked um, at a couple of buildings down here. You know, it, it's hard to, we have, you know, we had money, but we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And we were just trying to kind of start out. And a lot of folks, like, or a lot of people, when they open breweries, you know, they really don't think that location is important. And it really is. Yeah. No, they say location, location. There's a reason for it. Right, yeah. It's so important. And so Mom and I just kind of took our time as far as, like, where are we going to, you know, find our our spot. We found this, and you know what's interesting is that maybe... That business had just opened up when we opened up. But when we start, when we found it, as, as far as like searching for it, all these businesses were dead. Oh. This whole spot right here was dead. That there was a building right there it was condemned. Oh wow! um So this was, whole spot was, you know, it's just terrible. Yeah. And so. You know, I kept looking like, well, that's the heart of everything. Right. And this, and then this is, you know, the transportation mm-hmm. portion of it. And actually, I knew that this was eventually going to be the ACE train. That's right So it's not a train station. It's a bus station. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they got a contract with ACE. And actually, it's going to go down, all the way down to Merced. Yeah, but yeah. But, you know, it comes from Berkeley. Uh-huh. So it's going to be a commuter train at some point. Um, at Did Gino. you put nitro on there? Yeah, I already got it. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, so, so we kind of knew some of, you know, we did our research and looked into it and got the building. It's funny. Our, our landlord, is a great, he's an awesome guy, but um, his goal was he bought it right before um, they made it federal, federally legal for marijuana. He was going to open up a um, yeah, just, uh, dispensary, yeah. and then they made it. They made it legal and then they passed all the ordinances saying you couldn't have them in downtown locations oh exactly so he's like ah so this is actually technically three three buildings oh wow yeah and so we actually we opened it up um and then you know made it look what it, what it looks like, and so yeah i mean it, it had it had a great backstory and then obviously the, the pandemic and everything just kind of you know has slowed a lot down like you know, I look at this place and it kills me because I see things that are just not done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people come in here and they're like, Oh, hey, it's so, so you. beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I see the beauty behind that. <situation>. Yeah. <laughs> so what is 1870? Where would that name come from? The year Modesto was founded. Oh. Yeah, wow. That is cool. Yeah. We get that a lot. Oh. And our address is nine eleven. I'm yeah. like, oh. oh no, no, no. We're oh, wow. not going down that road. Yeah. Funny.
2: Yeah. So, um, so I already told you what we do yeah. and why we do it. Um, so that kind of lends me into being curious about what your entry was into an industry where women are not uh, great?
3: Yeah, great bad. question. Exactly, because that's that's what this is all about, right? Um, I think for me, uh, well, for one, I I worked in the wine industry, which is not as much like that, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a lot of uh, females that um, <laughs> climbed all the way to the top. Some of them are CEOs in wineries. Oh wow! Um, and so it's it's very much much more accepted there but um and so I think that I was a, kind of engulfed in that you know and I, and I I didn't really think there was boundaries to any kind of industry as long as you yeah. understood um you know the education behind yeah, it yeah. and you could I mean you could make a good product mm-hmm. yeah so I I really like when people say like it's you know it's male dominated I'm, I'm not naive I know mm-hmm. but um can't even think about it. Yeah, like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't faze me in a sense. Like I don't think about whether or not that's something that it would, you know, affect how I make beer or not. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I take like when there, there's education based on like how I'm making beer. So an example is like, you know, I'm really close with all the brewers around mm-hmm. here. Obviously, they're all guys. Um, I like just I listen in and I I absorb it right. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like the same thing. Like you get advice from people in business and yeah. you just listen in a sense of like not who, they're, who they are, right? But more of like the information behind it. I don't know. Maybe that's just
2: how my personality is too. So, um, well, I think that's great because yeah. I mean I just know in my own personal experience I've definitely had um, people come into the shop. And discount my uh, knowledge. Yes, and and ask me a question, and then turn right around and ask my male employee the exact same question, wanting confirmation that what I said was right. Yeah. So um, it it really uh, is interesting that in this industry as well that there's probably things that happen like that where where it's a quote-unquote good old boys club, yeah. where maybe they're not too comfortable letting in the woman. Yeah. Um, but we, as we have been uh, doing our beer segment, we've learned about organizations like the Pink Boots Society yeah. uh-huh. and how they're really, yeah, really, and, uh-huh. yeah, really doing things to open up those doors and opportunities for yeah. women. So
3: yeah. that's cool. I'll tell you a funny story. I had a group of guys come in here, I don't a week ago, and they were like, there were four of them, and you could tell they were they were almost like a little bit uncomfortable to walk in. I don't know why they'd do that gives you that. Know. <laughs> so they walked in and they kind of looked around and, and then we were talking with them. I like to, it's, you know, I, I planned on, because I have a full time job. I, oh, wow, yeah. wow. So this is seven days a week. Oh wow. And, and I, I had it planned on that um, because of the, you know, everything got slowed down. And, yeah. and so when mom and I started, we started her and I ran in it. We had some friends help every once in a while, but it was just like it was us, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's how it's been the entire time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and we've always like gone to go hire someone. and We just never. Oh, had so you it. don't have any employees? No. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. We hired we hired one person for about four months, and then, <laughs> then it read like all the cases went up and it got super bad. And I just said like I can't give you enough hours. Like if I if I need you, uh, it was a girl and. It, you know, I need you for 10 hours a week, maybe, you know, and she, that's just not even worth a drive. Right. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, yeah, I, these guys walk in and they're kind of uncomfortable talking to them and they're drinking beer and they're like kind of drinking some of those, you know, the the guest taps and then, you know, they try the double and then one guy goes like,
0: this is one of the best beers I've ever
3: had, and I'm like, wow, best beers he's ever
0: had, that's amazing, and
3: he's like, he's like, no, and I, I've been around, like, all these breweries around here, and I'm like, well, great, I go, maybe it's just a good day for that beer, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. we're kind of laughing it off, and so, the, the four guys had a great time, we were joking with them, remember the guys that were sitting right here, we were joking with them, yeah, so they left that day, and then, oh, and then, Uh, No, the one guy walks back real quick, and he goes, "I just love this place. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna come back someday." I was, ta- I was texting my buddy, telling tell him about this place, and he said, oh, yeah, that's the Chick Brewery. <laughs> wow, the Chick Brewery. Oh, and my goes, God. I've never been there. I don't know about that's chick's beard. Wow. And his no. buddy was texting him that and he told me that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think it's really cool that you shared that with me. And he goes, well, I think, it? it's, and I think it's interesting because he's like, I don't know any of that. He's like, I think it's I some of the best beer I've had. Wow. And, what? and I, you know, I just thought, awesome. yeah, the guy left, and then three days ago came back and spent the entire day here. You know, tried all of our beers. Like he just, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep bringing people back here. He oh, has, awesome. That whole idea of this is a chick Brewery mm-hmm. needs to go away. I'm like, man, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna market this. Chick-fil-a, we want to put it. I'm like, let's make it a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's so awesome. We got our first runner. Oh nice. Oh no, I was your first runner. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you're the second. Oh, you, I only one did. I only did the one ten minutes
0: though. Okay, guys. (laughs) Yeah, she we're here for the convention. I know, like, wait,
2: like convention. <laughs> yeah, and then well, she I saw just happened sh- to be doing miles on Friday and saw that or Saturday and saw that there was gonna be an event today. Yeah I actually did the LA Marathon last weekend. So I was like, Oh look do, a you, ten so, Yeah. And it was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. So you're like, I just did and and she was and, yeah. <laughs> and she
0: was boasting because in the LA Marathon they gave like Mickel of Light. Oh. And then here yeah. they <laughs> had craft I through. Had craft and hair. she's like, Look, I have craft beer. and I'm like, Oh, nice. The Jealous! And I already- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thank you so much this is a, yeah. an amazing story and you yeah. seem so brilliant just brilliant Oh yeah no I, i've
3: had a lot of good people along the way that helped me mm. i think that's a big piece of
0: it yeah too, awesome. including my mom <laughs> that part i really think is cool yeah, yeah really absolutely yes, yes absolutely right. thank you so much yeah, you want to spend- okay. all right guys now it's time for our book review what are we reviewing today?
1: So today we are reviewing Dias de Consuelo by Dave Ortega. Yes. Uh, yes, actually, I got
0: the physical book because I backed it on the Kickstarter. And mm-hmm. that was on uh, Jen's uh, En Librería. And I was so... Um, really struck by the cover art and then um Jen bringing us to El Libreria and then that I decided to go ahead and back it and I got my book a few weeks ago um it's a it's a trade paperback and it's a whole story in one
1: and um yeah yes. it's it's a self-contained graphic novel and it's really funny because at the time I didn't know Dr. Teresa uh Rojas was an editor for this yeah um, um, and so we, I didn't find out until we were at, um, uh, Modesto Latin, uh, Comics Art Festival, uh, that she, in fact, was, she told us, yeah, like, yeah, no, like I worked with David and stuff like that. And it was just, um, uh, it was, I was just like, well, wow, how things cross over. <laughs> it's a small <laughs> world in the comics industry. Let me tell you that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um but I really. Honestly, you can tell that uh, Dr. Teresa Rojas um, uh, had a touch in this because the way that this book read was it's it's almost like a lecture um, uh, and not even like a boring lecture, like a really like one that if I was like taking like a history class or something, I'd be like on my seat, like taking down notes, typing out my notes and stuff like that, because it read it read very well. And it very much read like like a history lesson. Um, um, mm-hmm. And I mean this like in a way that is just like you you feel like you have come out learning something that you have you have departed with new knowledge. Uh, And I think it's also a very, very good um, uh, look into the Mexican like the post-Mexican revolution slash Civil War. I think it's uh, a very, a very succinct and a very informative uh, view about these very important events.
2: So for listeners who may not have heard us talk about it before, um, Diaz de Consuelo is a biography filled with struggle and hope by Dave Ortega. And it brings the life, the memories of the author's abuela as they coincide with the storm of events that framed one of the most important uprisings of the 20th century, the Mexican Revolution. Uh, The graphic novel introduces middle grade through adult readers to the captivating story of Consuelo, her mother, Evarista, grandmother Isabel, and sister Beatriz, as their lives are upended apart by civil war. So um, I actually had uh, a very interesting reaction to this book um, when I read the description when or when we heard their description and we talked about it in previous episodes. All That's all it says is like, you know... Uh, Immigration story, uh, revolution, war, all that kind of stuff. But when I started reading it, um, the very first thing that uh, hit me was that this family is from Aguascalientes, and that's where my grandmother's family came from. My grandmother's oh, family immigrated from Aguascalientes. My grandmother uh, and her family immigrated to the United States in 1917. And that is right in the beginning, uh, middle of this story here. And it was so interesting to me. My grandmother was two when she when the family left. And um, my mother, in fact, I called my mom before uh, we started recording today because I wanted to know when she came over, um, because reading this story is enlightening me to what my grand, my great-grandparents went through and what prompted them to come to America. Um, and my mom said, yes, they left Mexico because of everything that was going on. And there is this story that I heard as a child, as a young adult, as now a, a 40-something-year-old woman that I was never able to put into context until I read this story. And the story goes that my great-grandmother, her name is Rosa, um, I don't know how old she was, but she was a young woman. Um, and they were in a, in fact, you see one of the, uh, a couple of the panels where groups are gathered, like in, in El Centro and, you know, there's things going on and, and, uh, military people are there or like the church people are proselytizing or whatever, but there's everybody gathered. And my, my mom says, and I remember my grandmother telling me this story that uh, my great grandmother was there part of this group and Pancho Villa himself came riding through and just on a whim, grabbed my great grandmother up from the ground and put her across the back of his horse. And that this woman in the crowd that my great grandmother says she never seen before, she didn't know who she was, came out and in Spanish um, basically um, said, what are you doing? Uh, get down off that horse it'll that go home and that and that Pancho let her do that as she ran home and that story has always just been part of my family like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I never understood the context of what was going on in the country mm. um what Jen is saying is so true that I learned so much about what was happening in that country, what was happening in the daily lives of the Mexicans, what was happening to the people who were immigrating. I had no freaking idea either what was going on with the villainization of, uh, religion. I had, I had Mm -hmm. no idea. Just as, uh, Dave is, is, uh, describing his grandmother being so religious my grandmother was as well. And my great grandmother. And I mean, seriously, the the kind where you do the rosary every night before bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm just so grateful that I was able to read this book and it gave a very uh, unique uh, and close to my heart perspective Of what my own history is like and like if my grandmother and my family my family hadn't have left when they did in 1917 when my grandmother was two the life that we saw consuelo and her family going through that's what my family would have experienced and who knows what would have happened um but i'm just i in fact i i read it on the computer and partly on my phone, and I was just mentioning before we started recording that I definitely want to go back and read it uh, in book form and, and be able to experience it the way that it was intended to be experienced. And also to just reread all of the historical facts that it was just so much that I, I there's things that I want to go back and like delve a little bit deeper into. My mom is even saying that um, my great great grandmother actually owned a church in Aguascalientes, and had to on a monthly basis travel to close uh townships and get priests to come and be like the guest for that month or whatever like mm-hmm. that's all so interesting stuff I had no idea about and I'm almost 50 years old and that's like <laughs> that that's that's stuff that if we don't pass it along it's just the story is just gonna die
0: mm-hmm. oh my god um, absolutely oh my you know what um, hearing you talk like that it just makes me like value this story even more like because of your family's experience and how we can actually even kind of draw like similar parallels to the story um it just it's it's such a gift I think um I also like to point out that there was a a particular portion in front of the beginning of the story where he talks about language and mm-hmm. how he didn't want to distract the reader with trying to explain English and Spanish or making it so where Spanish was the lesser of the languages between the two because it was made for all readers and I really appreciate that um explanation um although while I was reading it and reading the Spanish words and everything, everything was so fluid for me because yeah. I read and write both in English and Spanish. I speak in both English and Spanish. So for me, it was just so easy. It's just like how I talk. Um, for me reading this, um, like you, Kristen, I t- thought about my, um, uh, there was one time I I don't really, my, my parents never well okay so it was mostly grandparents who told you old stories it fe- it felt very much like when grandma was sitting there just telling us about like life in Mexico and um so it felt really like like my grandmother telling me a story exactly sort of like how Consuelo was talking to her grandson Uh, via phone telling him the stories he know mijo it was really difficult you know that kind of that kind of language and I really really like that Um, I also got a sense of a lot of the imagery the art really struck me because a lot of the art resembles Tlatenango resembles like pictures of Tlatenango Tlatenango is where my family's from and um, like even Consuelo like not having shoes I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I did like she didn't wear any shoes or what And so I remember my mom saying that she didn't even have a pair of shoes until she was like 15. Like and even my great my great uncle, he never wore shoes, period, until he was old. You know, like that was just the kind of town they were like they didn't wear shoes. Um, But also like in recent years, I took my dad out to eat uh, for like a brunch and we went to Fridas um, and I sat him down and I just started asking him questions about the past, you know, and he was telling me about his grandmother, which is my great grandmother, Paula, um, and how um, she I think her father was from Spain and her mom was from Mexico. And what happened was that they would travel around. And I said, Dad. Why did they end up in Latinango? He's like, well, it was during the time where that flu happened and people were just dropping dead in the streets. And I was like, what the hell? That it was the Spanish flu, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that actually is the thing. Because, I mean, we don't learn that in school. No. And I'm like, people were just dropping dead in mm-hmm. the street. And she goes, yeah. And her parents were amongst the people that died. And I was like, oh, my God, like she had gone through so much, like so much. And so um, that kind of struck a chord with me because. um, Like all the stuff she had to suffer through and then. You know, Consuelo and Evarista and like how she got married and uh, to, to a musician and then he, because he. They were afraid that they were going to draft him or take him off to war or, you know, that they immigrated to the U.S., but they left um, um, the grandmother and her mom and, you know, the two girls. The the youngest one had just been born, basically, and they were there for, for many years. I mean, they pretty much grew up without their dad. And the saddest thing was when they actually went to Tejas El Paso and, you know, what the experience there, we don't see much of it, but we, we hear, we read about it and I don't want to give it away, but I was just like, wow, that uh, that's, that's really hits close to home because a lot of people that I know that have immigrated here to the U S to give a better life to their loved ones back home end up in vices or end up really unhappy because all they do is work and send money back home. And, and that just really drains their, their life force and their spirit, you know, and, I mean, it was just such an amazing, and there's a lot of history that I mean, I, I have to say, I can compare this similarity to the graphic novel, um, the Black Panther uh, story, the graphic novel, because it's so full of history and about, and you learn, and you guys know how I love to learn from comic books, so you definitely leave uh, knowing more and learning about a way of life that you had absolutely no idea and then maybe forming a connection to how your family was part of that history as well and it's just really overwhelming and amazing at the same time i mean at the beginning i kind of felt like i was reading like those those black and white movies that i saw con pedro infante you, you know um Maria Felix, you know, but then in in the middle of it, it just became my story too, you know, uh, drawing parallel and similarities to uh, my great grandmother and stuff like that. So I just really, this is just a gift. And hearing you talk about it, Kristen, just like, wow, it just is so empowering, so amazing.
2: It definitely makes me uh, regret that I didn't write down a lot of the stories that my grandmother used to tell me as a kid. Um, and if anyone's listening and you still have that opportunity to do that with your elders, please do, because she's gone now.
1: Mm. And um, Kristen, (laughs) it's the (laughs) beer. (laughs) Damn Um, already. (laughs) (laughs) But, um,
2: this book, and I wasn't expecting this at all, this book really made me feel closer um, to my history and to my grandmother and to my great-grandmother and to the parts of my family that I never even knew because they didn't even come over. They they were the ones who were left behind. And my mom says that she, and I didn't know this either until this very day, that my mom has fucking correspondence from my great great grandmother who was left behind in mexico um mm-hmm. writing to her daughter who came with her <laughs> young daughter um she says the last one she has was dated 1955 and that's the, that's the last one that that she had i had no idea until i read this book and i called and i asked my mom questions and like that's a bad on me like i sh- i i should have been more um interested in that kind of thing and and it's a sad thing that not until the people are gone who can share this info with you do you do you or me personally did I feel like it was of anything of interest to me so um I just want to thank Dave and everybody Teresa involved with this project because it, it really really uh struck a chord with me and it just is something that um I was very close to my grandmother and to know this part about her that I never knew before is, it's just, it's very, very um, awesome. Like I, there's no other word, like it's amazing and I'm I'm very grateful.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely this book, I think this book is like a love letter and and a dedication to one, like the people who immigrated during that time. Uh, there's even a wonderful like note and a factual note about how the rise of immigration rose during that time as well. Uh, and I think this book is specifically like meant for people who are second, third, fourth generation Mexican-American um, and they want to connect. They want to know more about like this very tumultuous time. Um, yeah. And even, like, I knew some of the details of the book because, I mean, I grew up in L.A. and there was specifically very, like, dedicated, like, teachers and stuff like that who were willing to, like, go into and dive into Chicano culture and Chicano history and stuff like that and the Chicano movement. Um, um, but it's it's definitely, like, it's it's historical. You It feels like, so definitely something that could be taught in, like, like not just, like, school, like, like. Natural like history uh, lessons in like elementary school or like high school, but also like in college. This is some like college level shit, um, uh, and it's 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 an incredible book. Uh, definitely, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I really appreciate the 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 extra step he took in order to like describe the people that were trying to get in power and the people that were revolting and yeah. Anchovilla, Medanos Zapata. Um, everybody, um, you know, the only thing I know about Pancho Villa is the, the you know, I used to play in Mexico with my cousins and there was a Pancho Villa, se come la tortilla, con sal y mantequilla. That's all I knew about Pancho Villa. <laughs> um, you know, I and um, in, in, <laughs> it's like a little nursery rhyme kind of thing, like you jump rope to it or something. That makes uh-huh. sense. Um, but, um, you know, You know, I know you said that it's a story you want to read if you want to learn more. But, you know, this is the story I read before I knew I wanted to learn more. Yeah. So this story pretty much um, just really inspires you to go ahead and learn more and ask your parents and ask your aunts and ask everybody in your family more about the story. And I know there's more about this in my family that I should learn more about. Um, so I, I think we're ready to rate this, uh, book because I'm super emotional and I'm just going to keep crying if we keep going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is Kristen. And I think already by now, you know, I'm giving the book, the whole panaderia, all of the cuanchas, all of the, um, cafe de olla and, uh, chata and everything. It was just really amazing. And I definitely want to go back and read it again.
0: Um. This is Sarah, and I also agree with Kristen. This deserves the whole panaderia, every single bit of it, like champurrado, conchas, uh, everything, everything. This is
1: this has been quite an amazing journey. Your turn, Jen, because I can't go on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Definitely, um, uh, the entire panadería, I think it's a great book. I think David Ortega did a wonderful job and everybody who was involved with it, definitely from the artwork to the way the people were drawn and their outfits and everything, it's it's so wonderfully accurate. And you can tell that it is definitely uh, like lovingly done in trying to keep it with as much honesty uh, as they know it. Um, um, So definitely the whole panadería.
0: All right, guys, now it's time for En La Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today?
1: So today I have The Feather, an indie Black youth anthology. It's an anthology of short stories and comics by young Black creating creatives attending the Uhuru Academy in African-Centered Educational Facility. It is being, uh, made by fifth house collective on kickstarter and it has a goal of twenty thousand dollars and it have currently has one thousand six hundred and fifty one dollars pledged to it with 26 backers and 32 days to go it is a really like amazing book because it's one it's specifically from this uh, educational academy and it is specifically trying to raise up these voices of these young creatives and they have a full like outline of what it is that they're expecting and a video as well they don't have any examples in their campaign page but you can see some of it in the video that they have made over here so definitely definitely i think it's worth backing and the art looks really interesting really diverse some of it is definitely a style that i like i'm not familiar with as like a western reader and a western like kind of uh raised person but it definitely is 100 something that should be supported so it is the feather an indie black youth anthology on kickstarter that's awesome
0: all right guys now it's time for saludos uh, saludos goes out today to dave ortega because he did an amazing job on this book um uh, and also saludos goes up to um Dr. Teresa Rojas, because I think we have said time and time again, editors are the unsung heroes of amazing storytelling. So Dave Ortega, thank you so much for just stirring our imagination and inspiring us to learn more about our history. Uh, you can find more about of Dave Ortega's um, work on Radiator Comics. Uh, they are the publishing company behind Diaz de Consuelo. And also, Dr. Teresa Rojas, if you get a chance, you should definitely visit her event that happens once a year now live, which is the Latino Comics Art Festival, um, Comic Arts Festival. Um, so thank you guys so much. You guys, um, it show your work really shows in this amazing book, Diaz de Consuelo. So thank you guys so much. Saludos goes out to you guys. All right, guys, now it's time for the end of this
2: episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can find us at, hold on, I was gonna say at Consuelo, at <laughs> Commodicomics.com, where you can um, see all of our social media and our email, which is commodiccomics at gmail.com.
1: We also have a YouTube channel where you can check out exclusive interviews and videos of um, uh, creators that we've talked with or who have upcoming uh, Kickstarter campaigns or just interviews that we've done with their books uh, that we really, really enjoyed.
0: Uh, yes, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram where we will post the latest of where we will be for e- upcoming events. I think the most earliest event that is going to come up is uh, Free Comic Book Day. We're going to be nope. there with some conchas. Latino Comics Expo is before that. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In my head, I was thinking that was first. But okay, Latino Comics Expo will be there. We'll have some free swag. Come and meet us. Say hello. We hope to see you there. It's a free event at MOLA. Um, in Long Beach so um, yes also check out our, our TikTok because uh, we'll be posting more of the unboxing of these amazing books on there and also uh, our beer share videos as well thank you so much for listening we have been your host I'm Sarah I'm Kristen
1: and I'm Jen bye guys bye, bye. and that's on period network